Well, Gamecock fans, we've reached the end of what's been a wild regular season. So I guess it's time to ask the question. Spencer Rattler, should he stay or should he go? Locked on Gamecocks, your daily podcast on the South Carolina Gamecocks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Gamecock Nation, and welcome back to the Locked On Gamecocks podcast. We're your show for daily headlines and potential storylines on your favorite South Carolina Gamecock sports teams. I'm your host, Andrew Lyon, and as always, thank you for making the Locked On Gamecocks podcast your first watch or listen here today. We are free and available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts daily. Before I get into the show, if you haven't already caught this message, I want to say it once again. Thank you for 1,000 subscribers on YouTube. I really just cannot express how much I appreciate all the support that you all have shown this podcast and this channel up to this point in just such a short amount of time since we started this whole thing back in June. So once again, thanks to all of you. You are what makes this show possible at the end of the day. All right. Now let's get on to business with today's show. And let's start off with a question that I've been asked by multiple people since the Gamecocks took down their arch rivals in the Clemson Tigers on Saturday afternoon. And that question is this, is Spencer Rattler going to come back or is he going to leave and test the waters in the NFL? Now, the thing is, Spencer Rattler has sort of already answered this question at least for the present moment. As he was asked at his press conference this past Tuesday, sort of what were his thoughts getting near the end of the season on what his future decision was going to be. And Spencer Rattler said at that press conference, quote, my focus right now is just finishing out this last game or two, and then we'll go from there. Now, the only thing to really note from that quote is that Spencer Rattler did leave the door open to play in a bowl game, whatever bowl game that is for South Carolina later on this month or maybe the beginning of January. And if he does this, it could mean one of three things. One, it's possible that he decides he is coming back to South Carolina. Two, maybe he wants to repay Coach Shane Beamer and the program for giving him a second chance in his college football journey. Or three, Maybe he wants to put one more good game on tape for pro scouts to see. We can't try to read too much into this quote because we could go on for days trying to overanalyze this. But what we can do is objectively look at the pros and cons of Spencer Rattler's potential decision that's upcoming. So I'll start off with the pros of Spencer Rattler coming back. The first one in my eyes would be he would have an opportunity to make up for some of the lost money value from the 2021 and 22 seasons. And neither scenario was completely his fault, but there's no question that some of the events that have taken place in both of these seasons have hurt his draft stock. If I had to guess at this current moment, Spencer Rattler would probably be picked in the third round at the highest at this point in time, but otherwise would be a day three draft choice, meaning that, you know, he wouldn't be getting paid a whole lot in terms of a contract. And, you know, depending on where he got selected, he would actually have to fight for a roster spot on whichever NFL team would select him. 
So he could use an extra season to hone in on his improved pocket navigation and maybe try to get better at reading coverages, something that reared its ugly head in Sapcon's matchup against the Tigers this past weekend. Another positive, if Spencer Rattler were to come back to Columbia, would be his continuation of opportunities regarding NIL. Now, there's no way of knowing how much Spencer Rattler is currently making right now with the NIL deals that he has. But it's pretty clear and evident that NIL is going to help college programs retain players that are of Spencer Rattler's caliber because they can offer the opportunity to monetize off their name, image, and likeness and subsequently their play on the field while they're in college. So this could go to offset some of the monetary losses that Spencer Rattler has seen in his draft stock if he were to decide to come back for another season. And then third positive to Spencer Rattler coming back to South Carolina. And this is one that I kind of, you know, had to really conjure up after a few moments of thought. He could have a chance to immortalize his story in college football forever. His comeback story. Spencer Rattler, maybe he's bought into the culture that Shane Beamer is creating and has created here at South Carolina. And maybe he's a little bit upset as a competitor that this season went the way it did. Maybe he feels like that he could have done a lot of things better in the first 10 games of the regular season. Maybe he wants to help usher in this new era at South Carolina, while at the same time getting to, again, achieve some personal glory And prove all the doubters wrong. People who said that after his sophomore season at Oklahoma, that he was never going to bounce back from what all took place that season. That could be another reason that he would want to come back to Columbia. Now, let's get to the cons of him coming back. And there are a couple. Firstly, there's undoubtedly going to be transition with this offense in terms of its personnel Going into 2023, the offensive line is losing at least three starters, potentially four if Jalen Nichols forgoes his COVID year of eligibility that he does have as an option. Sapcon is also losing Austin Stogner, Nate Atkins, Josh Van, Jalen Brooks, and Christian Bill Smith. They could also potentially lose these falling players, Xavier Leggett, Amarian Brown, Dakarion Joyner, Jaheim Bell, Juice Wells, and Marshawn Lloyd if they all forego their final year or years of eligibility or transfer. Not going to get into all of that on today's show. And not all these guys are probably going to leave, but my point is there's a chance this offense is going to look completely different this next season. How much would Spencer Rattler want to deal with the proposition of that taking place? Another con to him potentially coming back would be offensive coordinator. Does Marcus Satterfield stay after Shane Beamer looks at the entire body of work from the past two seasons? If Marcus Satterfield does stay, does Spencer Rattler trust him to make him an even better quarterback? Does Spencer Rattler believe that Marcus Satterfield played a big part in his improvements in 2022? If Marcus Satterfield doesn't stay at South Carolina, or if he isn't retained, or if he moves on, which I'll get into later on in the show, does Spencer Rattler want to learn under a third offensive coordinator in three seasons? That's really tough on a college quarterback. Does he want to put himself through that possibility? And then the last con for Spencer Rattler coming back to South Carolina would be he would be taking a serious chance at potentially getting injured. And once again, hurting his draft stock for the upcoming NFL draft. 
automatically. Look, I know some of you have a real issue with players sitting out for bowl games. I know some of you have a real problem with some players maybe wanting to save or use their redshirt year in order to transfer from a program that they feel like maybe isn't utilizing them to the best of their abilities. But some of y'all need to understand, in the modern day of college football, players more than ever in the sport are looking after their own well-being. And in a lot of cases, for very good reason. Spencer Rattler comes back to South Carolina. Let's say he has a really bad knee injury or a bad shoulder injury. NFL scouts, as cruel as it's going to be, they're going to lower his draft value because of it. Does Spencer Rattler want to take that chance? So needless to say, there are both positives and negatives to Spencer Rattler coming back to South Carolina. And obviously, it's probably going to be a little bit before we find out any final decision. I'm not going to make any prediction on it right now because, again, I'm sure you're going to hear from number seven in the Garnet and Black at some point later on this month. Today's show is brought to you by our friends over at Upside. Inflation has us all thinking about different ways to cut back, which was caused in part by indirect impacts of the COVID-19 pandemic. And I believe that this was part of a reason why Shane Beamer only got a five-year, $2.75 million contract at South Carolina, which currently ranks 13th or 14th in the SEC. Because we don't know for sure what Clark Lee's contract is at Vanderbilt since the university is a private institution and they don't release that information. But maybe this all could have been different at South Carolina if everyone at the school was using Upside. Upside is an incredible app for when you're on the go and buying something because you get cash back on every purchase. Upside users are earning more than a million dollars every week in cash back. And if you still question just how good Upside is, well, we'll let the 4.8 star rating on the App Store speak for itself. Download the free Upside app and use promo code LOCK to get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. That's $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more using the promo code LOCKED. Today's show is also brought to you by our friends at LinkedIn. Athletic Director Ray Tanner had a big decision to make in 2020 regarding who the next head football coach would be at South Carolina. And I can't imagine just how stressful and anxious he and Deputy Athletic Director Chance Miller were throughout that entire search process. It seems like at this current point, they found the right guy in Coach Shane Beamer. But they could have gone about this in a different way. Maybe a way that would have alleviated some of that stress and anxiety. And that is, they could have used LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Did you know that every week, nearly 40 million job seekers are visiting LinkedIn? Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnCollege. That's LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnCollege to post your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply. Thank you for making Locked On Gamecocks your first listen today. For your next listen, I would like for you to go check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast, where the biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day all take place. The Locked On Sports Today podcast is available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your audio podcasts daily. All right, so some of you may have picked up on something that I mentioned in terms of Shane Bieber's contract when talking about our friends at Upside. And there's a reason why I brought up Shane Beamer's current contract situation, because it seems like that Shane Beamer is now in line to get a new contract. 
Chris Clark of Gamecock Central reported this late last night. And as of this moment, the details are still formulating at this time. Now, Coach Champion's contract currently is a five-year deal where he can earn upwards of $2.75 million annually. He has a $1.1 million base salary, and he earns the rest of his $2.75 million contract from outside right holders. Now, what should Shane Beamer's new contract be? That might be one of the first questions that some of y'all are asking. Well, obviously, Shane Beamer's new contract needs to be based on two different factors. Firstly, his job performance, which I'll get into in just a moment. And secondly, the current market for SEC coaches. Now, when looking at Shane Beamer's job performance so far, there's no question that Shane Beamer has elevated the bar in Columbia, South Carolina in both of his first two seasons. He led South Carolina to a bowl game in his first season, becoming just the sixth coach in program history to accomplish that feat. He's just the third coach in program history to lead the team to a bowl game in both of his first two seasons. The other two coaches that did this were Steve Spurrier, and Will Muschamp. He held the Gamecocks break multi-year losing streaks against four different teams this season in Kentucky, Texas A&M, Tennessee, and Clemson, with the latter two being two consecutive top 10 victories at the end of the regular season. That's the first time in school history that that has ever happened. Back-to-back wins against top 10 programs. This program also achieved a four-game winning streak for the first time since 2013 under Shane Beamer's watch, and the Gamecocks are finishing the regular season nationally ranked in one of the two major polls for the first time also since 2013 because of the leadership of Shane Beamer. So yeah, the list of accomplishments for Coach Beamer has become quite lengthy over the course of his second season in particular. Now, When looking at the job market and all of the other SEC coaches and what they're currently making, I tried to simplify this down to a couple different categories. There are four coaches currently in the SEC that are making $9 million or more annually. And those coaches are Nick Saban, Jimbo Fisher, Brian Kelly, and Kirby Smart. Now, obviously, Coach Beamer is probably not going to get $9 million a year for everything that he has done up to this point. While quite impressive, I don't think he's quite met that range just yet. So if we want to get an idea of maybe what the dollar figure should be for Shane Beamer's new contract, how much he should be making annually, in order to figure that out, I went and looked at the average annual salary for first year, second year, and third year coaches in this conference heading into 2022, of course, besides Coach Beamer. And when I calculated out all of these figures and divided by the number of coaches that fell into this category, the average dollar figure came out to be $6.12 million a year. Now, Eli Drinkwitz is about to make $6 million a year at Missouri starting next year, and Kentucky head coach Mark Stoops is going to start making $8.6 million in 2023 as well. So based on what Coach Beamer's priorities might be in terms of maybe his assistant coaching salary pool, and maybe he wants to see increases in certain budgets, like recruiting, for example. I personally think, based on all the information that we have available and what he's done up to this point, I personally think the starting number 
for Coach Beamer in terms of negotiating a new contract needs to be $5.5 million a season. If Shane Beamer were to get that dollar figure exactly, that would be exactly double what Coach Beamer is making right now. I also think that as a part of this new contract, that the school needs to heavily increase his base compensation, which would be obviously a much better deal for Coach Beamer. Now, why does this need to be taken seriously? Well, it needs to be taken seriously for a couple reasons. First of all, South Carolina cannot afford to play around with Coach Beamer's loyalty. There's a couple reasons why Coach Beamer probably agreed to only a $2.75 million figure when he got his initial contract here in Columbia. Firstly, again, the pandemic had a big impact on the finances of the school and, of course, affected everybody in a multitude of different ways. So needless to say, they couldn't just afford to dole out a bunch of money to Coach Beamer. Another reason, they had just fired Will Muschamp, who was going to get a $16 million buyout from the school. And again, as I mentioned before, South Carolina, it's not like they have no money, but the coffers are not quite as big as they are at other schools in the SEC. So a $16 million buyout for South Carolina, especially considering the circumstances at that time, was a pretty big figure for South Carolina to have to swallow. So so Coach Beamer probably was like, look, I'm not going to ask for too much. Just give me something you know, close to $3 million and I'll be okay with it. And the other thing is he wanted to be at South Carolina. So he wasn't going to go crazy in terms of his demands for what he was looking for in his contract. So multiple reasons why this contract started off so low, why it's near the bottom of the SEC in terms of how much he's making annually. So you need to repay Coach Beamer for all the sacrifices he made in that aspect compared to all these other coaches over his first two seasons. You've got to now pay him back what he essentially gave up to start. Don't mess around with the loyalty he has shown you up to this point. Another reason why this contract is important, it's an obvious one. The athletic department needs to continue to show a commitment to this football program. They've already done this in a bevy of other ways. Obviously, with the NIL in-house firm, Park Avenue, being created by the school, how much has participated in the Atlas GM program, which has helped student-athletes to figure out how they can broker some deals for themselves and you know maybe the value that they bring to the table. They obviously have made some renovations to Williams-Brice Stadium. I believe that there's certain plans to maybe even expand on those renovations in the future. The LED lights that they put into the stadium. The athletic department has done a lot of little things off the field that are showing right now that, look, they are going all in, so to speak, with Coach Shane Beamer and the potential he brings as the head coach of this football program. Another way to do that is to pay the man what he deserves. So you cannot afford to mess around with this contract negotiation. And in fairness to the school, based on what I'm seeing right now and how quickly this is moving along after the last game of the regular season, it doesn't seem like that they are going to mess around with this, which is a good sign for Gamecock Nation and something that you should all be elated about. This week's thrilling moment in college football is brought to you by Nissan. The thrilling designs behind the new lineup from Nissan are intended to empower drivers in vehicles that are as capable as the drivers themselves. With this week's thrilling moment, we're going to go with Spencer Rattler's deep touchdown pass to Antoine Wells Jr. late in the third quarter. South Carolina had just gone down 30-21 to in the game. The Tigers had a really productive offensive drive 
Raul Shipley took it into the end zone for a score, and the Tigers made it a two-score game once again. All the momentum was on Clemson's side at that point. South Carolina's previous offensive drive, they had gone three and out. They needed to respond. And South Carolina did that in just two plays. Antoine Wells got past Andrew Mukaba on a deep crossing route, got a solid, I mean, just dime of pass from Spencer Rattler, and took it 72 yards for a touchdown. And the Gamecocks would wind up, of course, winning the game 31-30. I think this play was a big reason why they did. This segment has been inspired by the thrilling new designs featured across Nissan's new lineup of vehicles. Pursue what thrills you in the all-new Frontier, Armada, or Pathfinder today. Available now at NissanUSA.com. Welcome back to today's edition of the Locked On Gamecocks podcast, where we cover your South Carolina Gamecocks every single day in just 30 minutes. All right, so we got one final big piece of potential news that could be coming soon in regards to South Carolina's coaching staff, and that is the possibility of offensive coordinator Marcus Satterfield might be a Cornhusker really soon. There was a report that came out on Sunday afternoon from Husker Online, which I believe is the On3 site that covers the Nebraska Cornhuskers. And it was reported by Sean Callahan, who had a list of assistants who could potentially on Matt Rule's inaugural staff. And Marcus Satterfield was one of those assistants listed. And if it means anything to y'all, he was actually also part of the thumbnail of the article that they had on their website. Now, I know some of you might be sitting there and saying, well, why on earth is that important? Well, typically, reporters will do little subtle things to try to give the people that maybe aren't completely in on all the information hints as to where things may be heading. One of the ways that they will do this is by altering the thumbnail, maybe inserting a certain person's face on there to let you know that, hey, I have heard a lot of smoke behind the scenes, a lot of noise about this person potentially being on Nebraska's staff in this particular case. Not trying to read too deep into that, but I am saying it is something to note if you go and check out that article for yourself. So, getting into how this whole thing could play out. Do I think that this could happen? I could see this potentially happening. Not saying that it will, of course. I have no information to go off of that says that it will indeed happen, but I could see it coming down the pipe potentially. Marcus Satterfield and Matt Rule do go back a ways in terms of being on the same coaching staff. Marcus Satterfield was Matt Rule's offensive coordinator at Temple from 2013 to 2015 when Matt Rule was the head coach at Temple. Marcus Satterfield was also on Matt Rule's coaching staff at Baylor from 2018 to 2019, I believe, as a tight end coach mainly. And then he was with Matt Rule when he took the Panthers job in the NFL in 2020 and spent one year there as an assistant offensive line coach. Now, another question that you might be sitting there and asking right now, how quickly could this happen if this does indeed take place? I think it would happen very quickly. Matt Rule, from what multiple people have reported online, reputable reporters, 
He has already hired multiple new assistants on his staff. In essence, Matt Rule understands how important this time period is to get some of these assistant coaches that he is trying to have on his inaugural staff. So he is not wasting any time in this regard. Again, that's not to say that something could happen within the next 24 to 48 hours. But it's also to say that, you know, if it does, do not be caught completely off guard by this with how quickly this whole thing is moving along up in Lincoln, Nebraska. So this is going to be something to keep an eye on moving forward. I promise y'all I'm going to keep you up to date with the latest that I see. Anything that I view to be um, potentially credible on social media, I will take note of. And if this does indeed take place, I will have some information on some potential candidates that I could see being the next offensive coordinator at South Carolina. So I say all that to say this. Be sure to stay tuned in to the Locked On Gamecocks podcast for the latest on all of this. What are your thoughts on the potential situation that could be brewing between Marcus Satterfield and Nebraska? What are your thoughts on Shane Beamer and the new contract it seems like he's about to get? And lastly, now that I've laid out the pros and cons of Spencer Rattler either staying or leaving Columbia and heading to the NFL, what are your overall thoughts on maybe what he should do or what you think will happen overall at the end of the day. Let me know all of your thoughts down below in the comments section. If you're watching today's show on YouTube, you can also send me a direct message at a line underscore SC on Twitter. And once again, don't forget to make the locked on sports today podcast. Your second listen today after you have listened to the Locked on Gamecocks podcast. So thank you for tuning in to this Monday edition of Locked on Gamecocks. I hope that you all have a great rest of your day and a good start to the work week. I will catch you all on the next show of the Locked on Gamecocks podcast.